Holly held the blue cotton sweater to her face, an overwhelming grief knotting her stomach. She was alone. Jerry was gone and he would never be back. She would never again run her fingers through his soft hair, never share a secret joke across the table at a dinner party, never share a bed with him again, never laugh with him so much his stomach would ache, never fight with him about whose turn it was to get up and turn the bedroom light off. All that was left was a bundle of memories. Their plan had been very simple, to stay together for the rest of their lives, a plan that anyone within their circle would agree was accomplishable. They were best friends, lovers, and soulmates destined to be together, everyone thought. But destiny greedily changed its mind. After complaining of a migraine for a few days, Jerry had agreed to see his doctor. They thought the migraine was due to stress or tiredness. At the very worst, he might need glasses. But it wasn't his eyes that were the problem. It was the tumour growing inside his brain. Holly shivered. He was thirty years old. When he became very sick, he would joke about how he shouldn't have lived life so safely. Should have drunk more, should have travelled more, should have jumped out of aeroplanes while waxing his legs. His list went on. Even as he laughed, Holly could see the regret in his eyes. Regret for the things he'd never made time to do, places he'd never seen, and sorrow for the loss of future experiences. Did he regret the life he had had with her? Holly never doubted that he loved her, but feared he felt he had wasted precious time. Jerry would not be happy with this, she thought. No, Jerry would not be pleased at all. Holly's eyes were tender and puffy from crying all through the night. Just as she had every other night for the past few weeks, she had fallen into fitful sleep in the early hours of the morning. Each day she woke to find herself sprawled uncomfortably across some piece of furniture. Today it was the couch. Once again it was the phone call from a concerned friend or family member that roused her. Hello, she answered groggily. Oh, sorry, love, did I wake you? The concerned voice of Holly's mother came across the line. Your dad and Declan have gone out and I was thinking of your pet. Why did that soothing, sympathetic voice always send tears to Holly's eyes? But it didn't soothe Holly. It made her remember that everything should be normal, that Jerry should be here beside her, rolling his eyes up to heaven and trying to make her laugh while her mother yapped on. It's a lovely day, Holly. It would do you the world of good to go out for a walk, get some fresh air. Mm. I suppose. There it was. Fresh air. The alleged answer to all her problems. Maybe I'll, I'll call round later and, and we can have a chat. No, no thanks, Mum. I'm okay. Well, all right. Give me a ring if you change your mind. I'm, I'm free all day. Okay. A silence. Thanks, though. Holly was about to replace the phone when, oh, Holly, um, I almost forgot. That envelope is still here for you, you know, the one I told you about. You might want to collect it. It's been here for weeks now, and it might be important. It's probably just another card. I don't think it is, love. It's addressed to you, and above your name it says, the list. Maybe... Holly dropped the phone. <laughs> Jerry, turn off the lights. Holly giggled as she watched her husband undress before her. He danced around the room performing a strip tease. 
Turn off the light. What, a miss all this? He grinned cheekily while flexing his muscles. He wasn't a vain man, but he had much to be vain about, thought Ollie. His body was strong and perfectly toned, his long legs were muscular from hours spent working out in the gym, and at almost six foot he was tall enough to make Holly feel safe when he stood protectively beside her five foot five. Most of all, she loved that when she hugged him, her head would rest neatly below his chin, where she could feel his breath lightly blowing her hair. Her heart leaped as he lowered his boxers and dived into bed, snuggling up beside her. Ah, Jerry, your feet are like ice cubes, and didn't you forget something? No, not that I know of. The light? Ah, yeah, the light, he said, and pretended to snore loudly. Jerry, you were just standing right beside the switch a second ago. Yeah, just a second ago, he repeated. Holly sighed. She hated having to get out of bed when she was nice and snug, and then fumble around in the darkness on the way back to the bed. She tutted. I can't do it all the time, you know, Hull. Someday I might not be here, and then what will you do? Uh, get my new husband to do it, Holly huffed. <laughs> or just remember to do it myself before I get into bed. Jerry snorted. <laughs> Fat chance of that. I'll have to leave a message on the light switch for you before I go, just so you'll remember. I'd rather you just leave me your money. And a note on the immersion, he continued on. You're a very funny man, Jerry. And on the milk carton, oh, and on the windows you don't open them and set the alarm off in the mornings. Hey, why don't you just leave me a list of things for me to do in your will if you think I'm so incompetent without you? (laughs) Not a bad idea, he laughed. Fine then, I'll turn off the bloody light. So that was how the joke about the list came about. It was a silly idea that was soon shared with their closest friends, Sharon and John McCarthy. It was John who had approached Holly in the school corridor when they were just 14 and muttered the famous words, uh, Me mate wants to know if you'll go out with him. Ah, go on, Holly, Sharon had urged. He's such a riot. Tears rolled down Holly's face and she realised she'd been daydreaming again. She sat frozen on the couch with the phone still off the hook beside her. The hours just seemed to pass her by these days without her knowing what time or even what day it was. Her stomach grumbled, and she realised she couldn't remember the last time she'd eaten. Yesterday? She shuffled into the kitchen, dressed in Jerry's dressing gown and her favourite pink disco diva slippers that Jerry had bought her the previous Christmas. She was his disco diva, he used to say. Always the first on the dance floor, always the last out of the club. (laughs) Where was that girl now? She opened the fridge and stared in at the empty shelves. She smiled weakly as she shook the milk carton. Empty. Third on his list. Christmas, two years ago, Holly had gone shopping with Sharon for a dress for the annual ball they attended at the Burlington Hotel. Shopping with Sharon was always a dangerous outing, and John and Jerry had joked about how they would once again suffer through Christmas without any presents as a result of the girls' sprees. They weren't far wrong, because in Bran Thomas, she found the most beautiful white dress she'd ever seen. Shit, Sharon, this will burn a huge hole in my pocket, she said guiltily. Ah, don't worry, Jerry can stitch it up for you, Sharon replied with her infamous cackle. And stop calling me shit, Sharon. Every time we go shopping, you address me as that. If you're not careful, I might start taking offence. Buy the damn thing, Holly, it's Christmas after all, the season of giving and all that. I'll take it. Holly said excitedly to the sales assistant. 
The dress was low-cut, which showed off Holly's neat little chest perfectly, and it was split to the thigh, displaying her slim legs. Jerry hadn't been able to take his eyes off her. It wasn't because she looked so beautiful, however. He just couldn't understand how on earth such a little slip of material had cost that much. At the ball, however, Miss Disco Diva once again overindulged in the alcoholic beverages and succeeded in destroying her dress by spilling red wine down her front. Holly tried but failed to hold back her tears while the men at the table drunkenly informed their partners that number 54 on the list prevented you from drinking red wine while wearing an expensive white dress. It was then decided that milk was the preferred beverage as it wouldn't be visible if spilt on expensive white dresses. Later, when Jerry knocked his pint over, causing it to dribble off the edge of the table into Holly's lap, she tearfully yet seriously announced to the table and some of the surrounding tables, <sighs> Rule 55 of the list. Never, ever buy a expensive white dress. So it was agreed, and a toast was made, after a startled waiter had delivered a tray full of glasses of milk to Holly and to her profound addition to the list. Was it possible that Jerry had written a list for her before he died? She had spent every minute of every day with him up until his death, and he had never even mentioned it. Nor had she noticed any signs of him writing it. No, Holly, pull yourself together and don't be stupid, she told herself. She so desperately wanted him back that she was imagining all kinds of crazy things. He wouldn't have, would he?